Welcome to James Explores the New Mutants, the podcast that, you guessed it, explores, explains, and examines the comic book series The New Mutants, its rebranding, relaunches, and spinoffs in an attempt to share my passion for this series, its characters, writers, and artists. In this episode, we'll be exploring The New Mutants, issue number seven entitled Flying Down to Rio. That's right, the New Mutants are going on a vacation, but that's only after the loss of one of their teammates, and the remaining members are filled with grief and guilt. Still, it's fun times in Rio until someone's kidnapped and the teenage angst begins. But who am I kidding? It's the New Mutants. There's always teen angst. Today we're going to be diving into issue number seven, of the New Mutants flying down to Rio. And you might notice there's, my voice sounds a little weird. I am just getting over a cold. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't affect the quality of the podcast too well. Um, but before we dive into the issue, I just want to touch really quickly on the creative team. I think it's just going to become something we're going to do routinely just, just so that we know who's on the book. Uh, Chris Claremont, obviously, and Busema, you know, those two are going to be mainstays for quite a while. Uh, Bob McLeod, though, thankfully, I'm grateful he's back on the title as the inker. And in my opinion, when he's inking these issues with Basema doing the penciling, it feels and it looks much like the, the New Mutants we were introduced to in the first couple issues and that graphic novel. And, and to me, it's, it, it's extremely important. So I'm really happy to have him back. Um, we have Tom Orzakowski doing the lettering. And that's important just because Claremont, he's a wordy guy. He's, he's got a lot of dialogue, a lot of thought bubbles, and a lot of narration. And to fit all that text on a comics page and allow for art, it takes a talented letter. And Orzakowski is excellent. He is fantastic. And he, is, he and Claremont paired together, I mean, he makes Claremont fit in comics. And, and it's important. It's very important in my mind. So you're going to see him, he's, he's in, he does a lot of the X-Tiles. He works closely with Claremont, and it's, it's a pleasure to see him on the, on the New Mutants. And Glynis Wynn, she's back as a colorist, uh, and we're going to have Luis Jones, obviously, as the editor. So our creative team is real solid. I'm very happy to see these, these, the, this group of talented people working together to create this issue, and I think it's going to make a heck of a difference. So let's let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right in. Big Sur, California, 120 miles south of San Francisco. So this first splash page, we see Roberto standing, looking out into the ocean. The water splashing on the rocks. It splatters all over him. You can tell he's wet and the wind's blowing. He's got a coat on and it looks as though it's cold. And what we find out from the narrator is that there was an explosion, which we know, and the floor beneath the New Mutants, it, it collapsed. And, and this is all narration. It's, we don't see this happening. It's just that picture of Roberto. But the narrator explains that the floor collapsed and the New Mutants were dropped into the water. Roberto, you know, saved Sam and, and the rest of the New Mutants by dawn had reached the coastline and were pulled out of the water and and Xavier had the Xavier had arrived, um, but somebody was missing, and that somebody 
with Shane Coy Mann. Uh, and it's feared that some of the new mutants, most of the new mutants, fear that she's dead. Uh, Roberto uh, is really, re- you know, regretting what has happened, and he's questioning what's happened. Um, and, and it's really hit him hard, because if you remember in the graphics novel, uh, he, when he was attacked, he was captured, and his girlfriend was killed as the new mutants, Danny and Shane, were trying to rescue him. Um, and so this seems to have hit him harder as, as a result of that. He's seen a lot of people killed. Um, and, he, and he's, you know, it's hard for him to believe he's trying to figure it out. Uh, he's, still, he's still thinking they need to find Shane, obviously, and as they all are. Um, anyways, his teammates come, they find him, and they tell him, you know, Xavier wants him to come back. Danny gives him a, her coat because she's afraid that, you know, he's he's soaking wet and, and that he's cold. And so uh, he, he, she, he, he takes her coat and, and, he, ta- and he thanks her. Um, and, and it turns out the X-Men are also there now, and, and they've been searching for Shane as well. Um, and it, it doesn't seem like it's been going very well. It, in fact, it's been days. Um, and there's no, Roberto's starting to think maybe there's no hope of finding her. And that really hits Rain hard. And she, she's, you know, upset. This really upsets her. Uh, she just doesn't want her friend Shane to be dead. None of them do. And they're all dealing with it differently. Some are holding it in. Some are really super depressed about it. Some are reacting like they hadn't accepted it. And now they are like Rain. And and she asked Danny, you know, what are we going to tell her brother? What are we going to tell Karma's brothers and sister? What are we going to tell uh, them? And what's going to happen to her, to her siblings? And you know that really that question just kind of hangs and it doesn't get answered. Um, they all head back to base camp where Xavier, Lilandra, and some of the X Men are huddled around a map, and they they're working. They're trying to figure out where Shane is. Uh, Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler, t- teleports over to Roberto and gives him some hot cocoa. Uh, we see Shane, uh, t- sorry, Shane. We see Rain react to the to his image to just what he looks like, and that's a demon. He's blue, and he and he's got a pointy tail, and he just he does not look. He looks like a demon, and and that's what you know. Shane turns towards Danny or. Rain turns towards Danny, uh, and 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 calls Kurt a demon, um, and he you know he knew this t- was coming. He knew as soon as he got back that he'd have to work his way into their good graces, and you know uh, he he's trying to do that. He tells her he's not a demon. He's he's human just like them. He's this is just what his mutation looks like. Um, Storm, you know. As the mutants have returned to camp now, they're all discussing, and, and she and she tells Xavier, you know, I, I wish Wolverine was here. If he was here, we could really use his scent, his ability to track scents, and, you know, we might be able to find uh, Shane a little quicker, you know, might help. Um, and, you know, this is kind of, it, it hurts, it wounds, I think, Rain in a little bit, you know, because she, she would... She thinks, you know, in my wolf form, she's able to do that too. But, you know, 
what Storm really wants is somebody with more experience. And that's a continuing theme that I think you see in the X-Men. Storm really relies on people she trusts. And the X-Men at this time are people she's really gone to the mat with, right? They've fought together. They've overcome great odds. They've struggled and, and, you know, really forged a bond that's super tight. And so she trusts those members, you know, almost to a fault. And that's kind of to the detriment of the, the new mutants here to a certain degree. Um, and Wolverine, this is something I really adore about Claremont at this point in his, uh, maybe in comics in general, but certainly with Claremont. Uh, Wolverine, he's in Japan in his miniseries, his four-issue miniseries, the first Wolverine Volume 1. Um, and because of that, he's not in these X titles. Like, you can't be in two places at once. And, and that's what Claremont holds to. And it allows for some neat things, right? Wolverine's not there to use his tracking abilities. So now they're reliant on Xavier and his mental abilities and, you know, everyone else's abilities. And now Storm's not really interested in trusting someone she doesn't really know what their capabilities are in a, in a life-and-death situation. And that's kind of interesting, I think. Anyways, I digress. Um... So, um, they, Xavier tells Roberto, you know, there's someone here to, there was somebody there to see him. And what we find out is it's Roberto's mother. And he hasn't seen her in a long time. She's an archaeologist, and she's been out on a dig. And so they embrace in a hug, but he quickly thinks about, hey, do you know I'm a mutant? Do you know what happened to my girlfriend and all that? You know, he just, uh, he just asked point blank. And then where were you? You know, where have you been? Why weren't you there? And he's upset, you know. So he goes from one moment to upset to another moment of upset. And they're two different things. And she tells him, you know, I was in a dig. And as soon as I heard, of course I know. And as soon as I heard, I came back. Your dad sent me a letter and I'm here now. And and he doesn't want to have anything to do with that. He's really upset about it, you know. Like he tells her, I think there's times that you love your archaeology more than you love me or my father. And... She just tells him, I came as quick as I could. Um, and Xavier interrupts this conversation between him and his mom to tell Roberto and the other new mutants that they've all been invited to go with Roberto's mom to a dig in uh, the rainforest. And this this pushes Roberto to the point where he's he's had enough, right? He's confronted with his mom, who he's upset with and resentful towards because she wasn't there when he needed you know, his mother, he changed, he was going through changes, his girlfriend was killed, and she just shows up now, finally, and his friend's now missing, and he wants to stay, he wants to find his friend, he, he feels helpless, alone, and scared, and now he's being told that he can't stay here to help look for his friend, he needs to go, and Roberto's had it, he's, he calls Xavier out for this, um, you know, you, it's he he really blames Xavier because he was too preoccupied with Team America instead of being focused on Danny. And if he would have focused on Danny and helped Danny when she was captured by the Viper and Silver Samurai, 
Shane might still be alive. And it's Xavier's fault. And Xavier tells him, hey, you're out of line. You know, you owe me the last word here. I'm your teacher. You need to treat me with respect. And Roberto says, hey, well, if that's the case, maybe it's time I think about leaving. Um, And he storms off in a huff. Xavier is not saying anything to him, doesn't mind calling him, doesn't do anything. And to the senior X-Men, Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler, and Peter Rasputin, Colossus, ask if it was wise that he pushed Roberto like this. And he tells him that this... He basically says, you know, I think I did the right thing here. They need, the team doesn't, the new mutants don't need to be here right now. They need to leave because I felt that force, that that powerful uh, psionic, that powerful mind. And I fear that that is tied into what's happened to Shane. I don't think she's dead. In fact, he thinks that she's still alive. He didn't feel her her death. And he certainly would have felt that. So he thinks that voice is tied to this. So right now, it's best if the new mutants are far away from Xavier and this situation. Plus, if they're out of the way, they can focus on finding Shane. Roberto, meanwhile, who has stormed up the coastline, changes into his sunspot form and he smashes some boulders. He collapses to his knee and he's just pounding the ground saying it's not fair, it's not fair. Uh, and, and the rest of the new mutants, Sam, uh, Danny, and uh, Rain approach him. And, you know, really all, all Sam Guthrie's the one who speaks, and he tells him, what else is new? And Roberto quickly tells him, don't mock me. And, you know, Sam's been sort of through some losses himself he's really struggled and the new mutants is really the beginning for him of a new a chance to do something different you know his father died he was forced to go work in the coal mine and then that collapsed he had to go through the donald price stuff he had to give up his dreams so that he could be the provider for his family how is life fair life isn't fair and the key to him is that You pick yourself up and you just keep moving forward. You just do the next thing in front of you. You know, there's nothing else you can do. You just keep on living as best you can. Um, And that's really what he tells Roberto. Very long-winded way of saying that. But that's what he's conveying to him. And so Roberto's like, what, we just have to be good little kids and do as Xavier says and just forget our friend Shane ever, you know, know, who cares about her. And Danny pipes up and she's like don't be ridiculous tells him don't be ridiculous you're being ridiculous of course we don't forget about our friend but right now she basically tells him hey we need to go because we're just in the way and if we stay here right now we're just gonna hinder the x-men and xavier's effort to find shane because they're gonna be so focused on us we're not doing her any favors if we want to help our friend the best thing we can do is go not be selfish and go you know put her first and, and, you know, he tell, he finally, Roberto finally says, I miss her. Tells Danny that he misses her. And, they, and somebody else pipes up, we all do, hot shot. And so then they, they all go and meet up with his mom. And they're going to go to Rio de Janeiro. So before we continue exploring this issue, I, I just want to take 
a moment to talk about these first six pages of this of this book. Um, I love these pages. It, it might be my favorite part of the comic, honestly. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I just, firstly, I really enjoy how it breaks down Roberto. Right? He has been this confident, headstrong, arrogant, masculine, macho. Um, blowhard to a certain degree in the first couple issues of New Mutants. And what we're seeing here is a child reacting to an extremely difficult situation. And we're seeing him become very vulnerable before us, the readers, in a way that I don't think we've seen before, at least maybe since uh, Juliana's death in the graphic novel. Um... So I really do enjoy that. Um, the other thing I really find um, interesting is that within these six pages, I argue, I would argue that Xavier, or Xavier, Chris Claremont has had the New Mutants basically move through the five stages of grief. Um, we definitely have denial, people not wanting to believe that... Uh, that Shane was dead. Um, we see that with Rain in that conversation uh, when the new mutants come up and uh, uh, talk to Roberto at the at the beach, uh, along the beach. Um, we see Roberto talking kind of that way. Um, we see definitely anger. Roberto's lashing out, crushing boulders, yelling at Xavier, yelling at his mother. Um, the bargaining's a little bit tougher. But we kind of see that in their their desire to stay and help find their friend. Um, life isn't fair type of stuff. Those sorts of conversations um, lead me to think that there's some bargaining going on. If we just do these things, we will be, you know, we will find our friend. Um, and you could argue that Xavier is, to a certain degree, uh, in denial as well. Um, although he is correct, but... We will find that out much, much later that he was right about this. Um, depression. I think you really see that with with Roberto when he's collapsed and he's pounding the ground. His He's saying it's not fair, but it starts to get fainter and uh, italicized. Um, and his face is... It's, I mean, it's crinkled in anger, but... You know, there are other moments here that I think we see some depression from people. You know, I think when he's standing out on the rocks, we're seeing some depression. Um, everybody's, you know, everybody's really raw and probably exhausted um, and really feeling the loss of their friend. I mean, when you really think about it, how close this team has gotten to one another in such a short amount of time, um, you know, and, and really shifting the blame, right, on Xavier, towards Xavier, uh, and and by the end, they've all kind of come to accept it. You know, we we're not going to be of any help here. We have to go. Uh, we got to go with your mom, Roberto. And and it's not exact, but it's it's so close to almost all of those things. And they're all here. And I guess whether they're all there or not, and whether I can point to them directly or not. Is to a certain degree irrelevant. It is what jumped to my mind, you know. And the fact that I'm like, oh, this is people, this is teenagers processing grief, 
And of course they're going to act out in this moment. And we see that perfectly in Roberto, right? Isolating, yelling at people, breaking things, you know, not sure what to do with these emotions um, and not liking to be vulnerable in this way. And, and I really adore that. I just really adore it because I know exactly, you know, just through the images and some of the text, I know exactly what they're supposed to be feeling. And I think Claremont has hit the nail on the head. The fact that it, makes me, it made my, as I'm reading the book, I'm thinking, oh, these are the five stages of grief. I know, you know, like the fact that he could do that and the art, artist and Claremont paired together were able to, to convey that. I think that's extremely successful. And it's partly why I enjoy, really, really enjoy this opening segment of this book. Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, a week later. So the New Mutants and uh, Roberto's mother have arrived um, at the sand, at the da Costa estate. Um, it's a giant mansion uh, on the on the beach, uh, along the beach um, in in Rio de Janeiro. It's a very wealthy area, obviously, and apparently the mansion had been owned by a family that Emmanuel da Costa's mother worked for. And he vowed that he would one day own a home like this and be wealthy himself. And sure enough, he had achieved this goal. And now he has servants and waiters uh, and uh, butlers and maids that that wait on him. And uh, he's achieved everything he set out to do. And he's an extremely ambitious man. Now he's wealthy and he's married uh, to Roberto's mother. Um, he's achieved everything he'd ever wanted. But things seem to have soured for him. He and his wife don't get along. He and Roberto's mother don't get along. And uh, at a dinner, we see this in full force. Um, they're all sitting around the table. The New Mutants have dressed up, and Emmanuel da Costa sits at one at the head of the table, and his wife across the table from him. And he, uh, he's asking. He he, he's curious because he knows that uh, <clears throat> he's just asking. He wants to get to know uh, the classmates of Roberto, his son. And he's talking to them. He makes a gaffe uh, when he's talking to them about who had been there before, to Brazil before, who uh, who had helped his son. And he asks where that other, you know, he knows that one of them was Danny because Danny tells him that. And he asks where the other young lady is. And that's the girl that's missing, his wife informs him. And, and from then on, the bickering starts. He asks where she's going. She says the headwaters of the Amazon River. Um, he he wants to develop that area um, everything in his mind should be sh- nothing should stand in the way of progress as he sees it he anything to make a you know he's willing to do pretty much anything to make money and progress things and make progress she doesn't see it that way she is very much nature should be left alone and progress shouldn't come at the cost of everything else um, 
And so they're at odds, and they're bickering, and they have nasty jabs. And this is in front of Roberto and his friends. And Roberto, he's super embarrassed. He wishes they'd stop doing this. And he 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 says, is thinking to himself, "Don't you see? You're tearing me apart." And his hand is covering his face. Um, Danny, she sees it as. And I love it when Claremont does this, when he has each of the characters react, each character's face. And we see in their facial expressions, they're not comfortable. None of them are comfortable watching this bickering going on between these two married people. Danny sees it, that these two people actually still love each other, even though they are at each other's throats. And she sees that as seems, it's super sad. It's, and it, it's, it's too bad and and she looks at Roberto and, and feels sorry for him as well um and so does so does Sam Guthrie he sees it as poor Bobby he his parents bickered too but nothing like this uh he also doesn't uh Sam doesn't like being dressed up and he's pulling at his collar he wish he didn't have to wear this tie and and Rain, she's kind of sunk back into her chair a little bit as though she's trying to hide she doesn't think it's proper that people do this in front of guests and she's really uncomfortable with it um this fight leads to the dinner ending um and nobody's comfortable as i've said so the next morning the new Mutants and roberto's mother head downtown into Rio de Janeiro and there's a giant party there's tons of people in the streets uh, beautiful women everywhere people just having a grand old time uh, and what we find out is carnival's occurring carnival is occurring and carnival for anybody that is not aware of what this is it's a giant party it takes place during the same time as Mardi Gras in New Orleans it's the same thing um, it's a party before uh, Lent, basically. Um, and so the new mutants are great. They're having a great time. They're walking around, uh, and this uh, attractive woman um, comes up, and she kisses Sam out of nowhere and then walks away. And Sam is blushing. Uh, and Rain, of course, is aghast, and she tells him he should be ashamed of himself. And Danny says that, you know, she thinks it'd be fun that they should all get costumes and dress up and then enjoy the celebration and rain's not so sure um and and they go into a costume shop uh and they all get costumes and danny wears a very revealing outfit rain dresses up like a disney princess she reminds the dress she's wearing actually reminds me of Belle from, like, the 90s Beauty and the Beast animated movie that uh, came out uh, from from Disney. Um, and Sam is dressed in, like, a pirate's outfit. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna get these costumes. Uh, and Roberto is dressed like Conan, honestly. He's got, like, this long black hair, a sword, um, and just, like, puffy like pants and a white t-shirt like he definitely looks like uh a conan look-alike and as they're getting ready to leave uh as they're actually as they're leaving they're you know getting ready to purchase these costumes uh roberto's mother is grabbed and thrown into a car and the vehicle speeds off 
uh, and Sam quick is quick as usual to react. He he ignites his power. He shoots himself through the window, and as he's flying to, to, to trying to make a turn to chase down the car, he's hit by an axe. Hits him right in the face, the butt end of an axe. He careens and flies into a building. It collapses around him. Uh, the others try to follow, and this giant man calling himself Axe with a mohawk towers above them. He punches Roberto, sending him flying. Danny uh, tries to use her power, and he slaps her to the side, and Rain runs off uh, before he can uh, go after her. He climbs into the car, and they and they leave. Uh, Sam unburies himself, pulls himself out of the rubble, and decides he's going to help his friends because he doesn't know that he could he could you know take this guy on himself and he needs to make sure his friends are okay they can't get separated based on what's the the most recent experience um and as they're kind of figuring out what's going on and talking about the damage to the window and trying to you know just make sense of what's what's happened uh Danny gets a mind call from Rain who is in wolf form tracking Roberta's mother and her kidnappers. Rain, you know, in her wolf form, follows these villains back to their hideout, and the new mutants aren't far behind. It's night, and we find the new mutants on the roof. Rain's inside the building, uh, and and they recognize the goons that had that, that grabbed uh, Roberta's mother and went with Axe. They recognize them as the Hellfire goons. They those costumes are the same, and you know we know that in the graphic novel they went up against the Hellfire thugs and Donald Price. So they're not. They know who these guys are. They 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 are familiar with them. Um, they come up with a plan uh, that's based off of MacGyver, as usual. Uh, their favorite show. Now, I'm not familiar enough with the show to be able to tell you that this plan is something he actually did, but uh they they uh they move they move forward under with that as their plan. Um there's a howl and inside we find uh the thugs reacting to that, these hellfire goons reacting to the howl and uh axe is just sitting in a chair relaxing. He's like nothing there's nothing to worry about. He's sharpening his axe and one of them decides to go out in the hall and look. Um he goes to the stairway with his light, he fl- shines it up to the stop, he sees these beautiful carnival women and he goes up to them and he's seeing his greatest desire. And we know that Danny has projected this from his mind. And they quickly turn into demon hags and they reach for him. They start pawing at his face. He's terrified and he falls backwards down the stairs, losing his balance, collapsing to the floor. It's taken a lot, apparently, out of Danny to get this manifestation to happen. She's a little uh, dazed. The other goons now coming to his screams, to their friend's cries, uh, enter the the hallway and they open fire on the new mutants. Danny again pulls horrors from their from from each of their these goons. There's three of them, and one it's he's afraid of burning and he and he's engulfed by flames. The other uh, is covering. He looks like as though he's melting, and the other is being attacked by giant rats. They're all terrified and and stunned for a moment, and 
Rain leaps into action. She jumps in her wolf form onto these goons. Danny runs down the stairs and punches one in the face, knocking him unconscious. Rain picks up one of them in her lupine state and throws him into the other goon, uh, rendering them all unconscious. Now, Roberto, he breaks uh, through the wall, and in this moment, Axe grabs Roberto's mother, and he tells the kids to to back off that, he, that if they don't he'll kill her he's and roberto reacts quickly he's in his sunset's form he smashes the floor it sends a rip through the floor and it knocks uh, the axe off balance um sam quickly flies in he grabs roberto's mother and flies her out of there to safety and it leaves roberto to face axe one-on-one and axe taunts him and roberto just launches himself at him he punches him once and Axe takes a giant swing, Roberto dodges it, and he smashes him. And, you know, it's funny. This is, this is a pretty good scene here. Uh, after uh, Roberto hits him once, Axe says, Ha! Is that the best you could do? And he gets punched once in the gut, and then Roberto gives him a giant uppercut, sends him flying, and Roberto's standing there. Axe is laying in a rub- pile of rubble, his hands just limp. He's unconscious, and Roberto's reverted back to his human form, and he says, it wasn't. It's wonderful. I love it. It's a, it's a great fight sequence, um, and, and that's kind of the end of Axe. He's, he's a really weak, um, terribly racist character of a villain, not my favorite uh, Really, probably one of the worst villains we're gonna see in the New Mutants comics. So I'm I'm happy to see him go. Uh, but that's that's Axe. He's kind of pathetic. Elsewhere, Santos Dumont Airport, near the base of Corcovado, Rio's famed Sugarloaf Peak, we see the New Mutants helping Roberto's mother load her uh, plane with supplies. It's been hectic obviously with her being kidnapped and the police having so much so many questions, but they're finally getting things wrapped up and they're about ready to leave um for their expedition into the Amazon uh rainforest. And uh you know, Roberto's really worried. He's really worried about his mother and he's worried about her being safe. And uh his teammates ensure him, hey, we're gonna be there to watch over her Nothing's going to happen to her. And Sam adds, you know, she's a tough lady. I think she can take care of herself. Like, there's nothing really to worry about. Now, somebody is watching from across the airport, from across the tarmac, and they're in a car. The The person's silhouette is dark, and we don't see them at first. Uh, and he's upset with... with uh, Sebastian Shaw in the Hellfire Club. So we know that he's sitting with Sebastian Shaw. They messed up. There was a mistake. And whatever was planned didn't come off. So we know he's talking about Nina's disappearance and Axe being involved. And we know that the Hellfire Club is obviously behind it. And whatever was planned did not come off. Um, Sebastian's not pleased. You know, he's not liking... Uh, Emmanuel's tone here. He tells him, you know, you're the one who wandered alive. You're the one who didn't want her harmed. And, and 
beyond that, I thought Axe was capable of handling new mutants and your wife. Obviously, he wasn't. Um, and he and Sh- Shaw asks Emmanuel, like, do you want assistance? Do you want assistance in handling this? And Emmanuel tells him, no, I've got operatives in place. Like, you don't need to worry about it. Um, and he, Emmanuel continues, whatever happens, you know, with this expedition of his wife's, it's not going to be successful no matter what. Uh, and Shaw asks him, even with the, you know, are, are, do you mean like your wife's expendable, your son's lives are expendable? And that's where we leave it. The next issue is the road to Rome. So let's just wrap this issue up, though. Let's just talk a few little bit about it. Um, you know, it's interesting that Shaw has popped up. We haven't seen Shaw since issue number two. Um, and in that issue, he's dealing with Peter Gyrick and, and Project Overwatch, the Sentinel program, um, which goes down in failure because of its public display and incapability of rounding up these new mutant teenagers. Um, So that was the last we saw him. But in that issue, he talked about needing to get Emmanuel on his side. He knew that Emmanuel had been a member of the Hellfire Club. He wanted to bring him into the inner circle and use Emmanuel potentially to get to the kids, to get to Roberto, his son, at least. So something is going on. Uh, Shaw is playing at something, obviously, and it's something that he sees as benefit to himself because one thing we do know about Sebastian Shaw is that he only he only gets involved in things that are going to help him become more powerful, help him consolidate power because that's his main concern. He doesn't care about human-mutant relationship relations. What he cares about is consolidating power, becoming more powerful. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at. We're going to find out what Sebastian Shaw is going after. We're going to find out exactly what is uh, up Emmanuel DaCosta's sleeve. And we're going to find out what adventures the new mutants get into in the Amazon rainforest with Roberto's mother. James Explores the New Mutants is, as always, recorded in Iowa City, Iowa, and produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are available every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore New Mutant or via email at ExploreTheNewMutants at gmail.com. Anchor has this awesome voicemail feature, which allows you, the listener, to record about minute-long questions or comments and send them directly to my voicemail box, um, and which I can then take and add directly into the podcast and then answer those directly on air. Um, It's a great way for you listeners to become enveloped, and I highly encourage it. I love love involvement, obviously. Um, So please feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter, send me emails, uh, or or use the voicemail feature. However you want to get a hold of me is fine. I would be more than happy to answer questions, field comments, um, or answer concerns as well. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed doing this podcast as always. I really, really, really adore it. It's been great. Um, and I can't wait to get into next week's episode. So until then, keep reading those comics.